Hello and welcome to episode five of the BAMcast. I'm your host, Baker Shields, and it is my goal to help you learn, grow, and evolve by any means necessary. In this one, I had my friend and elite coach and bodybuilder, Chad Mathis. We had a blast just going back and forth talking about our story and kind of how we met, how Chad had a kid at 16 years old, how that affected him, and then how that path of life that he kind of had to undertake has taken him to where he is today as just this awesome, just absolute animal, really, in all regards. Um, And then a little bit about him as an entrepreneur, his journey as a gym owner, his journey as an online coach, and the things that he is trying to do today. We had a lot of fun going back and forth on some quotes and a lot of fun just catching up. Um, Like I said, he's a great friend of mine, so I think you guys will enjoy this one as well. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and like this video. If you're watching on any other platform or listening rather on any other audio platform, make sure to follow the show and leave a review as it'll help us to reach more people. Without further ado, let's talk to Chad Mathis. All right, Chad, we are live. Um, I'm so excited for this one. I hope you are too, man. But we, uh, I want to kind of start off by talking a little bit about how you and I met. Um, which I think is yeah. a crazy story that probably nobody else. Do you remember how we met? Because Fawn's last yeah. episode, he did not remember how we met. So that made me look yeah. a little a little weird. But do you no, remember you, that? Yeah, yours and I started with you asking to do a photo shoot at yep. the uh, gym. Uh, exactly. Driving. So, yeah, that was pretty funny. I was thinking about that earlier today, driving. Uh, I was like, yeah. dude, that's still so wild. Um, and, yeah, man, and to think, like, thinking back then – I don't think outside, and I don't even know if you were into bodybuilding like heavily. I don't really think we had a lot in common at no. all, really. No. Uh, but I thought it was really cool, man. I think we just vibed immediately once I realized how risky you were and how driven yeah. you were to do do all these things. It was, yeah, dude, it was pretty cool. So yeah, I definitely still remember. <laughs> remember yeah, all that. yeah, we did. We did the photo shoot. You kept the gym. That was. I think that was before the actual like grand opening of your gym, which we'll kind of get into. Um, But we did the photo shoot. You kept the gym open so that we could come and like do the photo shoot there. And I brought in some like people that I was, you know, taking photos of and everything for the, the apparel brand. And then later on, like I kind of, after following you and getting to know you a little bit better, I, I think it was like a few weeks later where I was like a week out from my show. My coach had just dipped on me. And I was like, dude, can you just like take a look at my posing or like what I have going on? And, and you, you were, I mean, no questions asked. You helped me out with that too. Yeah. dude, And that was, that was pretty wild. And, uh, dude, actually crazily enough, I don't know if you keep up with JP at all, but I, I'm coaching him online still. So he's down. That's awesome. And so, yeah, so that came out of that too. So a couple of friendships came out of that multiple. Um, but yeah, uh, I wish I would have been able to take a look at you now, like three, yeah. what, three years later. Yep. Dude, it might be four More years that. later because we weren't even, yeah. yeah, we weren't even 24 hours yet at the gym. So, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, uh, I probably would have been, I, I need to like get a rerun on that. I would have been yeah, able to help absolutely. you a lot more probably. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it's, uh, I, and I, that was that prep. I've talked a little bit about it on the podcast, but it was, you know, 20 weeks i was pretty much on a crash diet from the beginning man i had like no guidance they just i was just told like this is what you do if you're gonna try and be a bodybuilder you just you compete you know right after you you start doing it and i was i was probably six months into actual bodybuild like training like a bodybuilder no no knowledge of the nutrition side of things no knowledge of of how to prep or anything like that i just got told like yeah eat these things and and 
talk to you in 20 weeks. And it was like, they dipped on me right before. And then, you know, I just needed somebody to help me with posing because I knew I was not good at posing. This, this person that you were working with, did you hire them uh, at the 20 week mark or at the six month? Like when you first started the six months, when did you hire I, them? I talked to them about, I think, so I got guidance basically up to eight weeks in. And then I basically got told by the person that was helping me out starting out that introduced me to bodybuilding, like, hey, here's this this friend of mine that's a, that's a coach. You need to hit him up. So I hit him up, um, and it was kind of a I – mean, it didn't charge very much. And actually, I also didn't know what the market rate of a, a coach even was yeah. at that point, right? Um, but didn't charge very much, and then it was kind of like we would talk once a week um, and send, like, check-in pictures and everything, and he would just kind of give me, like, some protocols of what to eat. And then the week before my show, or maybe a week and a half before my show, um, he texted me at like eight or nine at night and said, hey man, I'm off to Peru. I, <laughs> I'll only be available for between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. your time. So if you have any questions, like that's when I'll be able to get back to you. So like not only was I, you know, severely crashed at that point, had cannibalized a ton of muscle, had was just super flat, like nonstop. Yeah. Um, I was probably 10 weeks over dieted at that point. And it, and he, he skipped out on me like the, like right at prep week. And then I had to come back in and, um, start to text him at 10 PM at night. So like I was getting rid of my own sleep too, cause I'm still trying to like train. I'm still trying to E, I'm still trying to go to school full time and all that. And yeah. so I'm like, dude, I just got to get some outside help from this. And so that's when I hit <laughs> you up. Yeah, man. I had never, dude, that was my first time ever. Cause I mean, I had put a few people through shows, but I had never yeah. heard of anyone just dipping on anyone yet. Uh, and so yeah. that, dude, that threw me for a loop. I couldn't believe that. Um, and then now that I have my own coach who, like, dude, he'll tell us he has stuff coming up like way months in advance, yeah. like on vacation. Like here he told yeah. us all of his plans for the end of the year. So that's crazy that he never even brought up that he was leaving. Like, that's just, that's nuts. Yeah, man. I it was wild. It was, it, it was one of the biggest reasons, honestly, that I even got into coaching. Cause I'm like, I, that, I know that's not how a coach should be. Right. And so, yeah. you know, going through the experience myself, it's obviously it's life changing. Any type of a prep. Um, I know, you know that you've been through it a lot more than me, but it's, uh, it, it makes you, it puts a lot of things in perspective, but it also, for me, it helped me to realize like, I don't want, Nobody should have to feel like that from their coach of all people, like somebody they're paying to provide that yeah. expertise, to be there for them, to be that built-in like support system. And anyways, uh, we'll, we'll get into kind of you becoming a coach and, and your story there. But I want to kind of start off, man, at the beginning, like you've pretty much always been an athlete, right? Like you started out, talk about your, your kind of start in athletics. Yeah, man, uh, dude, I started out in high school basically playing everything. The only thing I didn't do was wrestle. Um, I was extremely extremely small super skinny kid um i excelled in track and was pretty decent at football went to play college football and run track uh and even then like i i trained during all those for all those sports and all those seasons and stuff i, I worked out and did everything and i would get stronger but i never got any bigger um yeah. i ate a ton i was probably like like your sister addison i could just eat and just never gain anything um yeah. And it was just, it was really hard, dude. Uh, and then whenever I got into college, I actually was majoring in athletic training. And I wanted to transfer to play football. The current school um, told me that they would pull my scholarship if I tried to play there. So I was going to leave. And whenever I got to the other school, 
I found out that most of my credits actually weren't even going to transfer. So then I was like, wow. dang, I don't, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to have to do all this again. And they were like, well, you can do exercise science and it'll transfer. So like, I think I spent like two or three weeks over that little Christmas break, like uh, trying to figure out what path to take. And then I came across personal training and then did some research. I literally like looked up what the highest end a personal trainer can make in Oklahoma was and the lowest. And I saw the meeting and I was like, dude, I could do that. Like, I feel yeah. like I'd, I'd love it. I like helping people. I was like, yeah, I'll rock with that. And so that's how I switched to exercise science. And then honestly, I learned all of the like applicable stuff from YouTube. Um, followed the online coach, uh, Raymond Kierdo immediately. Yep. Um, honestly learned a lot of the foundational stuff of like macro calculations and stuff from him. And then as far as my training philosophies go early on, I developed a lot of that from like watching Daniel and Bailey uh, yeah. bought her. Like, I think, I don't know what prep it was. Um, dang. I'm, I can't remember what prep it was, but I bought her a little autograph book and it had every workout from the entire prep in it. And dude, I just developed a lot of training styles and workouts from that. Um, and then found out or found Christian Guzman, learned a lot from him. And then yeah. that made me want to get more into personal training uh, and online coaching in general. Yeah, that's crazy. And it's, um, I actually, uh, so I've met both of them at this point and they, it's so weird seeing both, just seeing those two people in, in, in person, bro. Cause it's like, yeah, especially I, I didn't consume a ton of DLB's content, um, before like meeting her and kind of getting, you know, meeting Rob and, and both of them and, and kind of getting involved in the marketing side of a couple of their brands. But, um, Christian, you know, always, you know, I looked up to him and was always watching every single vlog that he put out. Like, you know, I was the, I was watching every single summer shredding, like hopping on the treadmill, you know, and like doing my cardio just 30 minutes. Cause he always cut it off at 30 minutes just so you could watch it during your cardio. Um, yeah. and I, I watched all of those starting out and meeting both. It's so crazy to see them. DLB is very similar on camera to how she is off camera. It's like, she's very like, yeah. kind of like, she's very high energy. She's, she's jacked, you know, like she's, she, she looks, she looks and acts no different off camera. Christian is super, super shy, like very soft-spoken and very like, he comes across very differently to me off camera than he does on. Yeah. I've actually met him once back in 2016, like two weeks at, after at my first gym, right? Yeah. I went down there and yeah. met him. Um, and he was, he was super cool, but I think I didn't get a chance to like see how outgoing or anything he was, but yeah, he was yeah. just super welcoming and nice. Everyone there was, yeah, yeah, he was a cool dude though. I, I'm yeah. jealous that you've got to meet DLP. I still remember you texting me their contact information that you had. I was like, yes. yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this dude um, is doing it. Yes, yeah, her and Rob both are are in, super great people. Um, just knowing them on the on the kind of surface and and getting to see them a few times, but. Rob's also huge yeah. too. Like he he yeah. looks even bigger in person than he does. And I mean, he's like what six five, I think, or something like crazy. Yeah, at le um, yeah, I think at least, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's he huge, was, man, dude. He was a. Uh, we were watching him prep for a concert that he was about to put on, and he he had this table that he was gonna jump on top of, and it was like a it was like a one of the like college beer pong looking tables, you know, like it's not oh, super sturdy. Yeah. And he's a big dude, you know, he's probably like six, four, six, five, like two forty or something like big dude. Um, and he was like practicing jumping on the table cause he was going to jump on it mid concert. And we were all like, we were terrified that he was just going to like yeah. either knock it over, like overshoot it or just go straight through it. 
Um, yeah. But super, super good people. Um, yeah. Anyways, the I know you said you got some of your early training principles from them, but when I remember watching your social media and even going back and seeing like you training at steel fitness there in Norman, Oklahoma and everything. And like you, you prepping for your first couple of shows. How did you, how did you get the transition from like, talk more about the transition from body or, uh, sports training to bodybuilding? Yeah. So dude, honestly, I felt, I felt this feeling twice whenever, actually when I transferred, um, colleges from Southern Nazarene to Southwest Oklahoma state, Whenever I got there, I had to sit out for a full a full year actually for the uh, whatever the uh, NCAA rules or NAI rules, whatever they were at the yeah. time. Um, and I just felt lost. Like I didn't, I couldn't compete with anything. I felt really like empty almost. So that's that's when I started lifting. And so then whenever I was up here and I had graduated and everything, I felt like I as an athlete I felt lost again. Like I didn't have anything to to go for. Um, I was just lifting aimlessly so then actually i got into uh the bodybuilding stuff that way because i wanted to do something and compete in something um and that was when i did i prepped um i pretty there was a guy at the gym over there at still at the moment or at the time and uh he helped me with kind of like a meal plan through me through that stuff and then we would do like posing i think it was like every few weeks um back there in the posing room um and that was really cool there was a there's actually an ifb pro lady there named monica hell and she her and her husband would put me through like rounds holding rounds and stuff yep. and dude that was that was probably my first taste of real bodybuilding having a pro um woman put me through like rounds and that it was tough yeah. dude like yeah posing that that was what made me realize like oh this is like the real deal and then getting to the show and <laughs> Uh, I talked to a friend about this the other day. I got to the show thinking that everyone was just natural. I didn't even come from small town, Oklahoma. I didn't know Arnold Schwarzenegger for bodybuilding. I knew him for movies. Like, yep. so yeah. getting backstage and seeing all those dudes, I was like, and doing it basically alone. Like I didn't have any, any guidance back there. Yeah. It was, uh, outside of YouTube. Yeah. It was, a, it was a very fun, man. It was rough. Yeah. Um, came out of that, I think placing third overall in classic physique, but, um, yeah, that kind of ignited the whole or reignited the competitive spirit in me for sure. Yeah, I, I think that's what it is for a lot of people, especially if they if they were athletes in high school or college, is getting a chance to compete in front of people again, like getting a chance to enter that competitor's mindset, which is so addicting and so it just captivates you like like nothing else can, right? And especially yeah. being able to, you know, put. In this scenario, right, it's not like you're training with a team. It's not like you're you're going to practices or anything. Like it, it is, you know, some would argue like even the ultimate competition, right? Like it, you're you don't get to go to practice and then go home, right, and then just do whatever yeah. afterwards, right? It's a with bodybuilding, it's a twenty four seven thing. Like if you want to look your best on stage, you can't you can't be you're, you're eating a certain way all day every day, right? You're you're training a certain way one, two, sometimes three times a day, you know, you're, you have specific boxes you have to check every single day. And there's no, there's no turning it off and on. It's just a 24 seven type of deal. Yeah, dude. And I think that's one of the things that for sure that I didn't know back then, I understood like the dieting and the the training part of it. But I did not, I can guarantee you, I wasn't thinking about recovery, sleep, um, Mm -hmm. any of my supplements, like my actual steps, stress, none of that dude uh and yeah definitely my first show was it's crazy that i even looked as as good as i did then but um yeah 
yeah, I, I'm so glad that I've learned about all of those things and how to take those things into consideration. And, and it, I definitely think like if any, if you're in the, the realm of going to the gym to better your body, I highly recommend at least doing a show once. Like if yeah. you're, if you're capable of it and you can afford it and it's the right season, I definitely feel like it's a good experience for anyone. As long as you have proper guidance in and out of the show, I definitely feel sure. like it's, it's a good experience to allow you to really get to know who you are. Like, yeah, you'd really get to know who you are, man. For real. Absolutely. We, I mean, we were just talking about, um, I don't want to get a body away from bodybuilding quite yet, but we were just talking about Tucker for instance, right? My, my, one of my best friends on earth and, um, you know, client and everything. And I kind of, I've helped him. He, we, I wrote out a protocol for him to just do a marathon, which I just came from like an, you know, an hour ago. But yeah, I think doing anything that forces you to look in the mirror or question why the hell you're putting yourself through this, right? Um, it, it puts your entire life into a perspective that no other really activity can, you know, like you, yeah. it makes you, it makes you truly figure out who you are at your core. And it makes you true. Like it's one of the things you always talk here about, like getting out of the matrix, you no, know, or getting out of um, kind of the, the generic thing that everybody does. Right. It's a, doing a bodybuilding prep or, or training for a marathon or running a marathon or some of these ultras that you see people doing now or the, you know, the bike races that you see people doing. It's those types of things force you to figure out a version of yourself and force you to create a version of yourself that you most of the time never even thought was possible. Yeah, man. And I, think it's so I cool feel and like it, and it snaps you out of just the, the endless cycles that we just find ourselves in if we don't test ourselves. Yeah, man. I definitely feel like, uh, cause during my time with BPN, I got to see that was whenever Nick Baird did the Leadville 100 and like watching his documentary over that and getting to see, cause I mean, you see it in bodybuilding, you, you hear of these people having to go to dark places to train or a lot of it you have to do alone or, yeah. or even the dieting stuff you're alone. But like, dude, and things like that, where you're putting your body to that limit, your mental to that limit, man. Yeah, I think it's, and even Tucker doing that marathon, it's like that level of uncomfortability is something I feel everyone should overcome or get to experience. Yeah, in yeah, some man. way, shape, or form, right? It doesn't matter if it's a marathon. It doesn't matter if it's a bodybuilding yeah. show. Like we did last year, you know, this was the first thing, time that Tucker had done anything kind of like this. We did 75 hard together. And yeah. Tucker, who Tucker ha is as a man and as a person, like one year ago today versus after 75 hard, um, or even like, you know, today, obviously he, like, I could not be more proud of a, of a person. Like he has come yeah. so, so far. Like he didn't know what even a macro was. He didn't know how to track his food. You know, I, I, we lived together for a year. So I was teaching him a bunch of those things and he was seeing me do it. I never pushed anything on him, which I think helped out. Um, he just yeah. would see me do it. And he would, first he started making fun of me. Like everybody, everybody always does yeah. is like, God, you got to do that shit every meal. And like that. And he's like, this looks miserable. God, I'm just gonna eat this pizza over here. And he would always be making comments like that. And I'll, I'll never forget the first time that I mentioned like, Hey, do you want to do 75 hard together? I'm thinking about, about doing it. And he got pit like mad at me, genuinely mad. He was like, he was like, if you, if you waste this year that we have together by spending three months being super strict and not letting yourself have any fun, he was like, I will never forgive you. And he was being Dang. serious. He was like, I will never forgive you if you ruin 
a portion of the time that we have to have fun and live together, man. Cause you're going to be married yeah. and you're not going to be able to do any of this stuff anymore <laughs> with me. And yeah. I was like, okay, bro. I was like, I'm probably going to do it, but you, I'm not forcing you. You can do whatever you want to do. You can still have all the fun in the world. And yeah. like seven days later, he texts me and he was just like, Hey man, I'm in for 75 hard. And I was like, okay. So like we did it and he, he hasn't looked back. He's been on fire ever since. Did he ever tell you like over the, the course of those seven days, what made him change his mind? He didn't. He just, he mentioned at one point that he was thinking about how he had heard me talking about how much I was loving the long hours that I was putting in. You know, because he was seeing me on a schedule where I was basically, I wasn't living with Kenzie yet, so I was pushing myself a lot harder and everything, right? I was getting up at, you know, 5 a.m. to go go work out, right? And then coming back and I would do, you know, a few, an hour to two hours of work, depending on what time I got back. And then I would go to the office to go actually work with Mike. And then I would come back at six or seven at night, um, do some more work or go do cardio and then, you know, end everything work-wise at 10 or 11 at night go to sleep and do the same thing. Like I was doing that every day. And he, ex I think he expected me to more be like miserable doing those types of things, but he saw how passionate I was because, you know, I'm That's working exactly on, where I was going with this. Yeah. He's, I was working on all these other projects, right? Like Ubora and bam and you know, AR was just kind of an inkling of an idea at the time. And he mentioned that he, he saw how I was putting myself through something that most people weren't, wouldn't want to put themselves through that I was enjoying it. And so I think he saw yeah. 75 artists, his opportunity to like experience a, a version of that. Yeah, man. And that's where I was going with that question because that's exactly what I was thinking is that typically that's how it starts out is, and then all the times that either my clients have expressed their, their peers or others, like kind of giving them a hard time making fun of them. But typically if you stick around and you you keep showing up day in and day out, those people are going to be like, damn, like, and then you start to show up with a positive attitude with it too. They're going to be like, man, dude, this guy's like, or girl, like they're really loving this. And is there sh it, you can use it in every aspect of your life, uh, business yeah. work, relationships with your friends. It, Cause what you, what you expressed was you were doing the, the hard things day in and day out consistently. And that's all bodybuilding is. That's all a marathon prep is. That's all, Dude, getting your degree is that's all yeah growing your business is like it's doing the hard things day in and day out um and i feel like if you can do that with bodybuilding it's gonna a it's gonna develop those routines that you don't even have to think about you spend so much time cooking and thinking about what to eat how to eat and all these things that if you get robotic with that especially if you hire someone dude, that cuts out so much of your life that then you can focus on the other things if you know that first that's what i think about it absolutely absolutely well, I know you are no stranger to hard things. Um, you've you've done a lot of them in your life. Uh, let's talk about, you have a son, right? How old is yeah. your son? He's 15, man. Isaiah, yeah, that's my dog. Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, a he's a killer yeah. in his own right. Um, <laughs> yeah, how, man. How old, are, how old are you, to put it in perspective for people? Uh, 31. Yeah, I just turned 31 in September. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you, uh, had, you had Zay so early man um talk about yeah. talk about that talk about that journey uh yeah man going back to high school so him uh his mom and i actually went to, to high school together um she was two grades older than i um she was a superb athlete in her own right which is dude like i mean i feel like i was pretty good but she was really good at basketball and, and track and everything and yeah. i feel like that's where he got a lot of that stuff from man but um yeah it 
it was really hard for sure being in a super small town where I only graduated with like 35 or 36 kids. So sure. dude, as soon as I found out that I was having a kid, everyone else found out I was having a kid. So dude, uh, it was a, it was definitely a, a very like hard and lonely time initially. Um, I had a couple coaches that reached out to me, even pulled me out of class to check on me and make sure I was okay. Um, and I, I value that a lot cause they didn't have to do that. Um, but yeah, dude, I think it really, my mom was a single mom actually too. Um, so growing up, I helped kind of raise both my little brothers. And so while it was hard having a kid at that age, I felt like if there was anyone that was going to be prepared for it, it was me. So, uh, yeah, I just kind of took it head on, man. And I don't regret anything about it now. He's awesome. It was, yeah. and it, it shaped me into being who I am. It, it made me, yeah, man, want to yeah, strive for way more and actually show him that you can, yeah, you can come out of a small town, you can do these things. And, uh, and even if you are, cause I mean, as of right now, I'm a statistic until whatever my version of success is, um, yeah. uh, 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 yeah, a high school parent, but, um, yeah, he's, he shaped me into the man I am today and the man I continue to, to want to be for sure. Yeah. And it's, it's been so cool to watch, to watch you and watch him and watch you guys' relationship. I, I think it's, um, it's super inspiring to me to just be able to see, you know, him, him all like wanting to get into the working out and everything and helping him to further that and his, his craft, which is basketball, which I mean, this, there'll be someday where we'll kind of like laugh about talking about this. Cause he's, I mean, the kid is as much as I hate to, like, I'll probably deny it if we show him this clip because I just know how he is. Um, the kid is a freaking savage on the basketball court yeah. and he's always been, you know, playing a, a few grades ahead. And I think he, he's what, he's a freshman or, or almost a freshman. Yeah. He's playing yeah, varsity. He's a, he's a freshman. Yeah. yeah. He's getting a lot of playing time on varsity. Uh, none of us were expecting that to be happening. Um, Cause he's everything he's going through right now, as far as like the um, size disadvantages are the same things I experienced. He's not the tallest kid. He's super skinny. He's actually smaller in frame than I was, but dude, his IQ is just, it's just off the charts when it like, on the court, it's yeah, it's crazy, man. He's his basketball IQ is there, his athleticism is there. Uh, it, it's funny seeing like it's awesome that I can have friends who got to see him grow up, like you and Chris, guys at the gym, because mm -hmm. um, you guys were around for those five years, getting to basically see him, from like yeah, ten to fifteen now, um, and mm -hmm. go through that transition. So it's always cool to uh, even see you guys support him on his social media and stuff. I know it means a lot to him. Yeah, he's a. Uh... He, he used to always come in the gym. We'd be in there because, I mean, I used to spend at at Kaizen. <laughs> I used to spend four or five, felt like maybe even six hours a day there just hanging yeah. out or lifting or training my own clients. And so when he would come in, he'd always want to – he'd always bring that little bitty basketball that was even <laughs> yeah. way too small for him at that, that age. And yeah. uh, he would always be, like, trying to cross me up and, like, dunk on that little – it was, like, the little gap between the pull-up bar. And that's what we used to do. Yeah. Um, yeah and man. he'd always he'd always just be challenging me to one-on-one. -on -one. I'm like, Zay, I'm trying to train a client right now, bro. I can't play basketball with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, no, he is, he's a funny little kid, man. He's not a little kid yeah. anymore, obviously, but it's that's what I remember him as, you know. Yeah, man. It's another thing, too, is it's, it's awesome having him at the gym to get to see that, too. Um, cause I'm always on him about, um, even though like, yeah, it's cool to say like, there is no plan B, there is no plan B, but in real life, man, when you're that age, like, yeah, you can have your, your plan A as your sport or whatever it is, but I've always wanted him to see that 
while it does take work and uh, time, like you can do whatever it is you want to do as long as you do that. Um, and you can have your own. Um, coming from where I'm from, not a lot of people go get their own. They might inherit it or they just stay back and kind of let it come to them. But I wanted to show him um, that it's okay to go get it yourself. No one's going to give it to you. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got a quote here that I want you to kind of kind of talk a little bit more about, which here we're, it's pretty much exactly what we're talking about already. Um, but something I even wrote down before that I wanted to, to have you consider is if you never stop doing what you did at the beginning, there would never be an end. I know I've heard you talk about that before. Dang. Yeah, man. Um, I feel like, yeah, dude, you have to, in order to, to really, I don't know, take advantage of the, the one or multiple gifts that God gives you. Like you, sometimes you have to, I'd say, even if it, if it hurts you or whatever, whatever it is, like if you got to cut ties or, or change any type of curses or anything in your family, generational curses or whatever it is, like, that's what I'm setting out to do. Um, yeah, yeah you just got to keep going and, and look at it like that. Um, and, and to me, if you're doing those things, you're always going to want more. You're always going to want to be better. So really to me, there is no end. It's just a marathon at the end of the day. You got to keep going. Cause if you don't keep going, like, I don't want to go into another, uh, another quote, but like, dude, if you're not progressing, you're regressing. There is no, yeah. cause everyone around you is moving. Um, I try to instill that in my clients, my son, I instill it in myself affirmations like that. But yeah, dude, you have to keep going. Um, yeah. Cause it, yeah, really there is no end to it. No, there's not, there's not. And one of the things that I'm always, I, I try to keep tabs on my own life is looking at, am I celebrating my, my wins, right? Because having that mentality, although I think everybody has to have a, a, like you have to have a healthy amount of that, right? Like the Alphalete slogan, for instance, I see you're wearing Alphalete, like proud but never yeah. satisfied, right? Like that kind of encapsulates it as well. Um, similarly to that quote, but it's, uh, it also can make you or force you onto that hedonic treadmill of you're never happy right like you always are chasing something in the future and and that finish line is always moving further and further down and so i try to i, I always catch myself at some point like i I, I try to reflect right and look at you know if you would have told me whenever i was that kid that you first met right my freshman year of college coming in to go do a photo shoot for my apparel brand at the time like if you had told me that i would be where i'm at right now I would think you're lying. Like I would laugh, you know, like I would, I would be like, are you serious? Like I get to do some of that stuff. Like I get to meet some of those people or like run some of those businesses like that. Me for real, yeah. you know, like I, I always wanted to do it. I've always said I would, but there's a difference between like saying you're going to do stuff and, and actually getting there. But now, you know, if I'm honest with myself, I'm always, I'm looking at, you know, six figures is cool, but what is seven? Like, why am I not at seven? Yeah. How do I get to seven? You know, X amount of clients is cool, but how do I get to, you know, a hundred, right? Or it's, yeah, man. there's always that next thing to be accomplished. And so what I catch myself in a lot is, it's just not being happy, right? Like not ever celebrating anything and, and pushing for the next thing, which, which that also doesn't set you up for a life of enjoyment. If you never kind of stop and smell the roses of, wow, like I made it here. I made it to the spot that I was always praying that I would get to. Um, yeah. So how, how do you balance that? Dude, I actually, man, I was actually, 
before I forget what I was gonna, I was gonna give you your flowers on something real quick because it's funny that you use that like the phrase like if I had told you you'd be doing all these things. It's funny because when you weren't around, these are all the things that I told Chris that you'd be doing. These are all the things that I told Addy you'd be doing. Like these, like Sarah, I, I tell everyone all, dude. When you brought the con, we haven't talked about it yet, but the concept of you bore it to me and like kind of threw those ideas at me, like. I remember telling Sarah, I was like, dude, this kid is going to keep striking until he hits and it's going to hit. Uh, yeah. And I've always thought that about you. So I wanted to, that was what, like, it's kind of weird. And I don't like to compare people all the time, but I see a lot of Christian Guzman in you or these guys who I see a lot mm-hmm. of Mike Krausen in you. It's, I see Rob Bailey in you. I see all these guys yeah. that I've seen keep going, keep going until they, and then even when they do hit big, they, they, figure out a way to do it bigger so yeah. uh i wanted to give you flowers on that because that's that's what um attracted me to our friendship in the beginning anyway i wanted to develop a relationship and friendship with you but um thanks so now i gotta get back on track what, what were you asking me yeah. no you're good i before i kind of ask the question again it's i i appreciate that and it was it was like you were one of the first people that i even took that first version of the buckle band that i had like sewn myself to 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 go to like show you know and even whenever i got samples from the manufacturer like taking that to you and showing you and like you were always somebody that you always kind of find people in life that that you feel like you can kind of vibe with on another level i feel and it's you know i I always kind of saw that with you of you you had all these these visions you know the things that we talked about weren't really none of it was like surface level you know like i within the first couple of sentences of like seeing you for the day, we could be talking about some crazy plan that one of us had that, you know, would, would scare most people or you'd be a little bit embarrassed to tell most people, you know, because if it doesn't work out, but it, there are certain people that you feel a little bit safer talking about that stuff with, cause you know that their brain works in a similar manner. Um, so it's, it, I feel the same about you, man. It's, it's been awesome to, to watch all that you've done and accomplished and how you just continue to unlock new levels with your physique and out angle me every time we try to take a picture, you know, and, and all the things <laughs> yeah. that you've accomplished in your business and, and your just endless amount of investment into yourself and your growth. And, um, it, it's been awesome to see, but the question was basically, how do you, you know, we talked about the proud, but never satisfied kind of approach, but whenever you find yourself truly never being satisfied because you're always pushing that finish line, like how do you balance, um, trying to figure out a way to celebrate, wins and and live a happy life or living always unfulfilled because you're you're accomplishing things but you're always moving that finish line to where you never actually hit it i feel like from a a real basic standpoint i think the easiest or the the uh easiest one that i can recall is um a big one for me was my show getting to compete out in california um i didn't go out there and win even if i had won i still wouldn't have been satisfied with that but i didn't go out there and win I definitely wasn't satisfied at all. Um, and the way that I balanced that was, dude, honestly, taking a step away from social media that day and being present with my girlfriend, Sarah. Um, yeah. She was the one who supported me through that entire thing. So I wanted to be present with her and that grounded me. Um, it's I, honestly, I feel like that's typically that I, I find things that ground me or bring me back. Um, lately, I've been doing a lot of work on trying to bring back my inner child or things that I enjoyed. And that helps bring me that balance of appreciating the things I have around me. Um, because it, it's easy to, it's, especially with social media, it's easy to get on there and see, see everyone's highlight reels or their W's at yeah. the end of the day. You don't see all the behind the scenes stuff. Um, 
but yeah, for me to balance it, I definitely have to find my core. I have to zero back in. Um, and honestly, dude, sometimes it's having conversations with, with you. Mm. Real talk, people like you who can make me, even if I hear things you're doing, I'm like, dang, dude, Baker did that. I got to go a little bit harder, man. I have yeah. to like, yeah. So that's that's what keeps me driven. But then also what pulls me back is my family, my son, my girl. Yeah. yeah my inner child. Absolutely. I feel like you do a really good job of, of sharing that stuff on social media too, um, which is actually something that I I wanted to talk about as well is I think you are, I've always thought that your social media, like I don't understand how it hasn't blown up yet. Like you do <laughs> such a good job of tying in yourself personally and showing up in your stories and stuff. Like, you know, the types of things that you post, like you tie in a bunch of your hobbies, right? Like anime and rap and um, and, and, and video games and like all these different things, but you're also always, you can always tell, like if you ever go to your page, you know, this guy is an athlete and a coach, you know, like he, these are his two things, but you really get to know yourself as a person also by looking at, at um, the things that you're posting. And so I, you know, if you guys are listening to this and you don't follow um, Chad, which is Train with Mathis on, on Instagram, definitely go give him a follow. But what is your approach to social media? Like what enables you to to post all of that and, and connect on such a deep level with so many people? Yeah, man, I don't know if you've experienced this yet. Uh, I feel like you've, you've done a really good job at least of, of being really secure in who you are and what you want to get to. Um, and you can fill me in on if you've ever experienced it. But, dude, I felt like I lost myself early on in the fitness social media. Um, I feel like trying to keep up with the – even though I wasn't on their level at all, and so not but like the Shawleys and the Russells and the Christians yeah. and all those guys. Um, and it's kind of like keeping up with the Joneses or whatever, dude. I just felt like on fitness social media I got into doing things and posting things that wasn't necessarily me. And actually I posted about this the other day that uh, – on one of my, um, on Instagram about a quote of like, you're li- you might be living someone else's dream other than your own, you know? And basically yeah. that's what I, I realized I was doing. I had that conversation with my mom, um, in the direction I'm going nowadays with things. It's like, I feel like addressing that so early on and being able to, I vowed to myself that I wanted to show everyone that I was more than just a bodybuilder, or just a personal trainer. Um, I wanted to show everyone that I do like music. I do like sneakers. I love clothes and and fashion my dogs i have all these other facets and i also wanted to show i think it kind of came about too of me wanting to show my clients that i'm not just some robot you know because everyone thinks that if you're a personal trainer you're this fitness guy that you're you're super stern or you're robotic or you don't do anything um and yeah it's like i'm a full-on human just like everyone else man uh yeah i enjoy anime uh food i love going places sushi and things like that but i think it's important to build a connection with your followers by letting them see all the facets of your life. Absolutely. We, we talk about that all the time in, in AR, like on our coaching calls with um, most coaches is there is an underlying, like if you're in the fitness industry, if you're trying to be a coach, there's an underlying kind of thing that we're all fighting against, which is, you know, you are a robot. You never, you don't have the same cravings everybody else has. You don't, you don't have the same thoughts in your head. You don't have the body dysmorphia. You don't have the, the weak moments where you give in to certain things, right? Like it's, it, it's something that you're kind of fighting against. 
you know, and yeah. there's a lot of people that initially built their following on being that robot and only showing all the perfect stuff and building huge followings whenever at the early stages of Instagram on those things, right? And they, but that's also kind of came and went, right? The coaches that are winning now are the coaches that let you just deeper and deeper into, the, into their life to see, you know, they have an endless sea of, of solutions or, or different trainers that they could pick from. The trainer that they're looking for is the trainer that they like as a person, you know, yeah. like it, it used to be the physique that they were looking for and the physique might attract them at first, right? To click that follow button or to first look at your, your, uh, um, you know, your profile. But you know, if I'm into anime and some video games and I really like rap music and everything, and I come across your page, you know, I, I might click on it because you got some crazy reel of you just lifting absurd amounts of weight, but I'm going to stay and I'm going to follow you and I'm going to, you know, fill out that application because I see that you have a lot of the same hobbies as me, right? Like you like anime too. You, you play on your little Game Boy, which I see you always posting, <laughs> posting on. Um, but th those are the things that help you to d build a deep, like real connection where people feel like they know you, right? And yeah. that is the powerful thing about social media is if you can get them to feel like or get them closer to knowing you as a person yeah man um and you you brought up the game boy things and things like that like the anime and stuff like that's what i'm talking about when i i'm addressing like your inner child and stuff uh yeah that was something that with the 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 grind that you and i and people like us fall into is that you start to kind of like when you start to do things that are fun uh, a sense of guilt comes on and that's what mm -hmm. kept happening to me. And it, it almost, that's what started to drive me to lose myself for a little bit too, is like every time I would find myself wanting to play games or do something fun, like a hobby, I would feel guilt that I wasn't doing something for my business. But as I talked to others who were successful, um, they were the ones like, it's not, it's not, I was hearing what I wasn't expecting here. They're like, no, dude, you have to pull back. You have to create boundaries. You have to find that inner child and, and bring it back out in order to, avoid burnout avoid yeah. depression and things like that man it's yeah. something that i ha i don't feel like i've done a pretty a very good job of you know i used to i used to always play video games and everything and i kind of i don't know i i, I fell into pro probably that same trap of just feeling like you know how much more could i be making how much more could i be accomplishing how much more could i be achieving or doing to further the businesses as if i like didn't do that you know at, for a couple hours a night or for an hour a night even um and so that's something that I, I think I don't do a very good job of is trying to remind myself that you gotta, you gotta unplug sometimes. You gotta have fun. You gotta step away because if you're not filling, if you're not filling your own cup, right? Like how can you show up as who you're supposed to show up as in your business, in your relationship, in anything? Yeah, dude, that's, that's something I've started to believe in a lot more. And watching your socials and stuff, it does seem like I've noticed it seems like with you and Kinsey, um, I've even seen a transition. Uh, I bet she probably has too, but it seems like you are making the efforts to to do things. Even do because I, I already know when you and I talk about your day and we were trying to set up a meeting, I'm like, dude, this guy doesn't stop. So then to see you come back from California to immediately go out with her to celebrate y'all's six month of like yeah. your wedding anniversary stuff, like to then go support a client and then hop on a call with me. Dude, even though you, you don't think you're you're that good at it yet you're doing the you're taking the steps necessary to get good at it and yeah. i'm here to say it's a it's one of those things that there is no end to it you're always gonna because you're always gonna want to do better and do bigger and you're always gonna have to find ways to delegate off or or find pull yourself back
to stay Absolutely. healthy. No, you're right. You're right. Um, 100%. So we talked a little bit. We've, we've kind of hit there and there on your, your gym Kaizen, right? Yeah. Not many people have experience in the gym space, much less opening or operating or running their own gym. So talk about that kind of journey. Like, How did you even decide that, that you and Garrison were going to open a gym? Um, man, so him and I interned at Youth Performance together, uh, worked there together and developed a really good friendship through that. And then it was, honestly, I had always had the dream of having a gym and then seeing Dana do it, seeing Christian do it, uh, seeing the online coach do it, all these guys do it. It definitely made me want to do that. And then uh, Garrison and I, after kind of approaching our, our boss and mentor at the time about it, uh, franchising what we were currently interning under he wasn't really super open to that yet since it was his his like baby project you know yeah, yeah. and so then we developed the idea of, of going in jointly together for kaizen and just bringing something unique and different to norman which i feel like we did for sure yeah you did it, it uh that was the thing that struck me and the reason i even asked for that initial photo shoot was just how cool how much cooler it looked on the inside like the equipment it was very there's something to be said, I think, especially for our generation of the aesthetics of of a gym, right? Or the ambiance, like the the environment of going in there. And you know, I had had the the membership at not not trying to knock Steel or or even like the Huff, right? The um, fitness center on the campus at OU, but um, I was looking for a specific type of environment, and I think. I think there's stages to everybody's fitness journey, right? Like you start out, you're either working out at a free gym to you or you're starting out like a school gym or something or just maybe even works out workouts at school. And then you kind of get into like the commercial gym space, which is like what I did next was I tried out a few and I ended up getting a a spot at at Steel. And that was more of like a commercial feel, right? There's a lot of people in there at all times, but it's better than than where you started, you know? And then there's a certain point where you get to where you want to, even like niche down a little bit further. Like I was really into bodybuilding. So I'm like, I want to be around other people that are into bodybuilding. I want to be in the type of environment that just gives me, gets me like locked in just by walking in the door. I feel like that's what you guys created with Kaizen. Um, and that's what I loved about it while I was in college. Yeah, that's exactly what we were after too. Um, with both of us having so many facets of fitness that we were interested in, with Garrison enjoying like the martial arts and things like that, myself yeah. being more so bodybuilding. But then we also trained a great deal of lifestyle clients and then also youth athletes. So we were trying to make a hub for all of that essentially, but also keep or we'll do away with the things we didn't really like, like the gyms that didn't let you use chalk or that played really soft like music that wasn't really yeah. good music or whatever it is. Uh, or even for that matter, like, like that's why we wanted the bay doors and things to be able to bring that vibe that really up until, I mean, a couple years ago, you didn't really see in Oklahoma too much. You saw like in Houston with Alpha Elite or, or, uh, gyms like that. Yeah. Or even CrossFit gyms. Right. And I think you guys brought yeah, a certain yeah. element of like kind of what, what people love about those is the, the community aspect, which, which we loved, you know, going, even going back to the crop top Saturdays and everything that we did for a while. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, that was so fun. It was such a, a fun period of, of life. And just, I, I remember Norman and Kaizen and everything was such fun memories because it was, it truly was like some of the most fun that I, I ever had. Um, but you guys also created a super constructive environment too, which I think was a, a brilliant business move for you guys for trainers, like other trainers to come yeah. in. 
because I, yeah. I had talked to other people about, you know, training at their gyms and things. And, and it looked wildly different. You guys allowed people to come in and train and kind of own their own business, right? Not just getting paid like an hourly rate, like you would at a Gold's or, or some other places. How did, was that like a conscious decision to, for you guys and for the growth of the business? Or was that just kind of what you wanted to see as a trainer previously? Oh yeah. Kind of both. That was a, that's a really good question. Yeah. So that was one of the things that, cause Garrison had really hit a little more experience with than me than um, training at various different gyms and stuff. Cause he had uh, worked at kind of like the Huff. He'd even worked at the health club and taught like yoga classes and trained and then at yeah. youth performance and things. And all those places actually took different forms of um, like, what would you call it? Their compensation, you know, their piece of the cake. Um, and all I'd ever done was pay at a flat rate. And then whenever I would try to move on to other gyms, that's actually what turned me away was them wanting a percentage. So I was like, why would I be it, in my head? It was like punishing the guy for growing. Like you're just going to yeah. continue to take more. And so, yeah, um, I just wanted to, I knew how that felt personally. And so I wanted to just give our trainers a flat rate and then allow them to like, basically as long as they were being real ethical and everything, do whatever they needed to as far as training goes. Yeah. And that's just be hands off and let them kind of run their own businesses. Absolutely. All right. I got another quote, um, kind of along those lines that I want you to give me your opinion on. So <clears throat> we talked earlier about breaking out of the norm or breaking out of the cycle. This quote is don't follow what most people do because you don't want the results. Most people get the average person is obese, likely divorced and has less than one K in the bank. Dang, dude, that's it got like worse as the quote went on. I know, but I know. Uh, dude, that's that's it, it's kind of funny because the, that's a quote that I always not that exact quote, but I can I feel like you can relate that to every aspect of your life again, man. Um, that's one thing I've always wanted to be was more than average, above average. You like just growing up in a I always relate it back to a small town, but it it gives you a sense of like wanting to be more like when you come from that and I don't come from a lot. And then I've always just wanted more and more, man. Um, yeah. I've never, I've, I've never wanted to be average. So I take pride in doing the things, the, the minute things that others don't want to do. And I feel like, like you do the same things. Um, the other people that are around me do the same things. I feel like that's why we vibe really well. Yeah, sure. That was a that quote was from Alex Ramosi and and Chris Williamson. They they talked about that on a podcast, and I think Alex was the one that said it. But it that completely because I even fact checked right after that. Like I heard that, and I was like, that cannot be right. That that's like the average. And then you know, there's you look it up, and it's like, what is the average bank account in the U.S.? And it's it's under a thousand dollars. Like if you look up, yeah, you know, what's the divorce rate? It's like fifty four percent, right? Like if you look up, what's the obesity rate? It's like forty five percent, right? So truly, these are the averages. And yeah, I don't want to I don't want to make I don't want to give people too much comfort, but most of you, especially if you're listening to this listen to this podcast, you know, odds are you are you're going to end up on the above average side of those things but it's so sad to me that that's like the benchmark like that's yeah, man. that's where the mean falls that means that 50% of people fall on the worse side of that you know yeah, and 50% of people fall on the the better side of that which is not even that hard to accomplish like that is yeah. crazy to me 
that's what I, I always it, it's kind of crazy because in the on the the training side of things or the coaching side of things um the word average it seems good like because like, my i can relate it to uh blood work all the time like my clients will yeah. give me their stuff like oh it said it was good it was in the average zone or whatever i'm like do you understand that the average american is unhealthy like the average yeah. american is unhealthy so if your stuff is average on your blood work you're unhealthy uh, i don't yep. care if it is green or not um yeah we can always be better in that realm but dude that's a that's a very dark or sad thing that under under 1k in the bank and and all those things yeah man no yeah it's it, it's insane but i i can relate a lot like you've talked a lot about your being being you know brought up in a small town i can relate a lot to that being from from perry oklahoma right we we graduated with yeah. around the same amount like we had 70 i think in my class and that was like a big class for perry and it does give you it does give you like as soon as you get a taste of something like a norman right or a dallas yeah, you know which would be considered norman would be considered like very small for for a lot of people you know probably like someone that's from dallas like kinsey like would consider yeah. norman pretty small you know but for for me going from you know our outings like it was considered like a big deal if you went to okc even if you're from Perry, you know, like the fact that your parents even let you go to OKC because of how dangerous the highways were, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, like from the perspective of a small town where there's like, you know, nobody on the roads. Um, but like OKC was like a huge deal, like an outing, you know, and we would go to Stillwater to do anything, like even to shop at Walmart. You know, they had a Walmart yeah. in Perry and they shut it down because it wasn't getting me enough business, you know, like it was, it was like a small little tiny neighbor, neighborhood Walmart. Um, but it does give you the second that you get a taste of something bigger or different, you know, like a different scale. I feel like it kind of unlocks in your brain a little bit of that, you know, if there's, if this is out there, what else could be out there? Like how did people, you know, I grew up in here in this environment. How did people grow up here in, in, in this bigger environment or, or, you know, in Dallas in this even bigger environment? Like what, what does that look like to get there? And, and is that possible for me? And it, as soon as you get to do something like that, you it kind of just does open it up or unlock it, and it's it's I'm grateful for the small town upbringing and in the everybody knows everybody type of thing. I, um, it can be tough at times, like what you were talking about earlier with Zay, um, but it also it it kind of anchors your perspective in such a way that the rest of the world feels so much more exciting to explore. Yeah, man, it gives you a a a constant like yearn for more like i mentioned and it relates back to like the alphalete stuff you always just want to do more and be more but i also feel like like seeing people seeing people that look like you or do things like you um or yeah that had a past like you that gets successful once you see that then reach that level of success or whatever it it makes it seem way more realistic in your mind um yeah. and that's what i've seen just in guys like you that are already like you come from the same type of background I come from and then you're doing it. Um, and that's what I want to, that's actually one of the things I'm big on trying to bring into the industry or, or show my son is uh, like, yeah, man, like I want to show, I want to show him that or other kids that look like me or came from where I'm from that you can be a lot more, man. Yeah. Well, that ties perfectly into the next one. So next, what I've got is we've talked a lot about aligning yourself with people that have similar, similar values or, or aspirations. This quote is, I'm not interested in people who can comment on the direction of the wind. I'm interested in people that can make it flow. Dang, man. 
Who, who's that by? I have no idea. I wrote it down. I think it, I read it in a book. Um, I can't remember which one, but it was, it, it just kind of hit me. So I, I have this like running tab of quotes that I have in this, this like note inside of my phone. Um, so I'll, I'll yeah. pull like quotes every once in a while to reflect on them and try to think about, you know, what it, what it hit me with in the moment. Yeah. To me, the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about that quote is like essentially a trendsetter or maybe not even, I guess today they would call it an influencer or whatever. And I feel like that's, yeah. That's what everyone is trying to be, but not everyone is it. But um, I'm the same way, man. Like, and it, it stems back to you bringing up our conversation. I think that's what attracted us both to the friendship is that you and I both have that factor of like, or at least we want to, to make the wind shift. We, we, we're trying to figure out a way to do it. And so, yeah, I feel like that quote embodies who we both are. We're Absolutely. both we talked- looking for those things in everyone. A hundred percent. We, uh, Fonz and I talked last week on our, on our episode about basically making your, your environment, a product of you versus being a product of your environment. And, you know, the, a lot of these things we're talking about have extreme parallels, you know, the small town thing, like it's very easy to be like, I grew up in a small town, so I'm going to go back to and, and die in that small town, you know, and that would be being a product of your environment. But making your like taking the initiative to to make the wind blow or to make the the you know your environment a product of you it takes that that mental shift from things are happening to me to like i am making things happen you know and and i've talked about that internal versus external like locus of control believing that either you can take charge because you've gone through something you know, huge, like a marathon or like a bodybuilding show, or you've had some type of mentality shift to where you realize how much power you actually have. But being able to, as soon as you have that mentality shift, then you realize how many things you're allowing into your environment to affect you versus how, you know, if you're buckling down for 75 days and like doing 75 hard and checking off all these tasks, you only have that excuse at the end of the time, which is why I think it's genius. You don't have that excuse at the end of 75 days to be like, I don't have time to work out today, right? Or I don't have time to hit my, I can't hit my nutrition because I couldn't prepare ahead of time. Or um, I can't read tonight because I got, I had too much going on because you have to do it for 75 days straight. And you're telling me you didn't encounter this situation until day 76, you know, like it's, yeah, man. it kind of eliminates that. You can't, you literally, there's no excuse at that point. And you realize how much you actually control. Yeah, dude. I think that's why you always see so many people excel within their life during a prep as long because that's when you start to take so many things into consideration that are zapping you for time or zapping you for energy because you have you like you have your posing your cardio your meals your workouts all those things and you're like like all these things are either causing me stress or pulling from me in some way i gotta figure out how to get that back and yeah dude, i think that every client i've put through a prep they've like excelled even further in life and i and then that can also be a gift and a curse because then it can almost make it where they, they don't know how to function outside of that. Um, and yep. I think that's where, yeah, dude, that is a whole nother like a snowball. Yeah, man. I, I think it's a big one though. And one maybe we can talk about, right. But it's a, you know, there's a lot of people like even some of the people we did 75 hard with last, last year that felt kind of like aimless after 75 hard. They felt amazing on 75 hard and like they were accomplishing things and like they had all this momentum, but afterwards felt like aimless and like the wind had just been kind of taken out of their sails. So what, what is, what is your advice for people after you accomplish something hard and you're looking for, you don't necessarily have that next thing immediately lined up. What do you, what do you tell people in that scenario? 
Man, typically it's a it's a why, and I, you and I have this conversation um, when it comes to having calls with clients and things like that. But you can you gotta you gotta tap into yourself and figure out um, even why you were wanting to do that thing in the first place, uh, if it is seventy five hard or whatever. Um, and I feel like I had this conversation with a client the other day, and I feel like once you once you can make things more about a lifestyle change versus just that temporary that 75 day thing or whatever it is that's whenever if, if you bring in the concept of this is a full-on lifestyle change you're going to be driven to keep it around way longer um yeah. and it's gonna i feel like if, if you consider it as a lifestyle change even when the days are hard and you don't want to do it that's what's going to keep you coming back to, to still do those things yeah i i think so as well and i think you always one thing that I tell my clients, if we're, if we're doing a cut, right, or, you know, my friends, if we're doing 75 hard, which we, we plan to do it again in, in early January, if anybody wants to join us. But the one thing that I always say is if you, if you don't have a plan for after, a good example is my prep, right? I had heard the word reverse diet, but I had no idea what that meant. I had no idea that how crucial it was. So like whenever yeah. my leptin and ghrelin and like all that shit was just completely out of whack after my show, I probably ate 20,000 calories over the next 48 hours, right? Um, and and blew up. Like I, I stepped on the scale with like 30, no, I think I was 23 pounds heavier on Tuesday than I was on Saturday, you know? And Dude. that's a really shitty, yeah, it's a really, really shitty feeling, you know? But I had no idea, you know? I had no plan for after that. I knew I probably wanted to bulk after, but I had no intentions of gaining 23 pounds in 48 hours, but it was like, I had nothing set in place. Like I'd never, I'd never taken the time to learn more about that. I didn't ask my coach, I guess, which I, I probably shouldn't have had to, but I didn't like get any more information on like, what, what do I expect? What do I do right after? What are going to be, what's going to be going on in my body or in my mind? That's going to, you know, what hormones are going to take me over basically and like force me to eat a ton and not feel full. And so I think a really important thing is your main goal should be your main goal, and that should be the thing that you're shooting for. But you should have something after that you can immediately like latch onto to where you you are continuing to have a direction, right? Because it yeah. doesn't have to be a crazy intense direction. It doesn't have to be the same intent, like the same level of direction that you were previously going in. But it's got to be something, because otherwise you feel immediately like you 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 feel immediately like you hit a brick wall and like you're done like you have no idea you feel like you're just in in a landscape that's just got nothing in it you know and you're just kind of like looking around like okay what happens now yeah man i feel like if you i feel like the key to that is like you mentioned having a plan before you even get to that point that because to me the longer you stay in that little that little gray area the harder it's going to be get out of um and it's crazy that like you said you shouldn't have to ask a coach to give you a, a reverse diet but I take pride in, I tell my client in like peak week, like, Hey, don't worry. When you come off the stage, I'm already going to have everything laid out for you. Like when you get to your phone Sunday, you'll be good. Like, don't even worry yeah. about it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think if, if a person was to go through 75 hard for something like that, for instance, I would tell them to take maybe two or three of the tasks that they enjoyed doing on there and just like aim to keep it running right off the gate. Yeah. Already know that that's what you plan on doing. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think that's a fantastic point. All right. Last quote here. Life needs to be lived forward, but only makes sense in reverse. Dang. Who's that by? 
literally i don't keep any names of who any of these are i just write them down like it'll hit me during a podcast i'm like wow that's good i need to keep that or some some of these i've even written i don't that one that one i did not write i think that was chris williamson that said that one um and he could have been quoting it from somebody else there's no telling but i i I just think it's really good so i'm curious what you think about it yeah dang i think that one's really good it does i mean i fully i fully rock with like the fact that it only makes sense in reverse. I mean, but I don't know. I think I want to tackle the the, the object of, of it being lived forward again uh, or attack that first because I feel like it goes back to the quote that I mentioned earlier. If you're not progressing, you're regressing. So, like, you always – you just always have to be moving forward with whatever it is. Um, if you're a – like, for instance, me being a trainer, you being a coach – um, you can always get smarter. You can always do a, Hey, like you spent $10,000 on your, your, uh, that was like a mentorship day basically. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a, it was basically a discovery day with, um, with a, a group of guys that basically help you set your company up for exit. Um, so learning yeah. how to, how to set that set AR up basically so that one day if we want to exit it, we, the company is in is structured to be able to do so. Yeah, man. And I think that like you, you guys continuing your, your education within your, your field as an entrepreneur, your realm as an entrepreneur and, and coach, I definitely think that that's that thing of just keeping going forward, man. You just always have to keep moving forward. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. What's your take on it? My, my take on it is the time, the time like, like time, I guess, in general, like the concept of time, like you're, it doesn't stop, right? Like you have to continue to, to go like, for example, Addie and I lost our grandpa, you know, a couple of, um, a month ago, a little month and a half ago. Right. And one thing that I remember kind of like hitting me and, and we've, we've lost quite a few of our older relatives over the past, um, few years. But one thing that I remember hitting me is, is like, why, nothing's like stopping, you know, and, and now being at the point where I'm at right now with the businesses is, is like, I remember thinking, I can't, I can't like take a week off, you know, and not, I can't, I'm expected to continue to, to do these things because it's me, right? It's my businesses. And, you know, I've got employees, like we have employees and stuff in AR and we got, we have got a great team there, but I remember it kind of hitting me of like, why, it doesn't feel like it has felt in the past as far as it feels almost like I'm doing a disservice, number one, to him. But it's also like why are these things are continuing to happen. These things are continuing to to move, right? And I've got to, you know, if I don't get my shit together by the end of this weekend, right? Like I've got a full week of calls next week that's already been scheduled out that's, that's going to happen no matter what. Like I've got to, I can't just like put pause on everything. I can't stop. Like it's going to happen no matter what. Um, and I guess what I'm saying with that is... <clears throat> The good things in life that that happen, the bad things in life that happen, like they're going to happen and time is going to continue to move no matter what. And so, you know, you look back on things sometimes and you're like, wow, like I don't know how I made that, made it through that, that portion, you know, or, or wow, I don't know how I accomplished that, you know, during that period of my life. And, but it makes sense. Like whenever you can kind of like look back at it, you can reflect on, and make sense of a lot of different things that the outside factors that were happening. You have a lot more clarity if you're looking at it um, in reverse, like the quote says. So 
I guess that's kind of <clears throat> one of the things that I really think about whenever I, that that quote, whenever I read it or whenever I heard it was good or bad. You don't get a pause button in life. You, yeah, you, man, for sure. They, you just it goes to back to going. the 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 quote that I honestly always see Fonz talk about too is that no one's coming to save you at the end of the day. And Rob Bailey and them like they talk about all that stuff too. It's like, dude, no matter what, like. Yeah, man, I very well could have just thrown my hands up in the air um, whenever I had Isaiah at 16 and just kind of fell into like a almost like a woe is me mentality and not not tried to keep going or or try to keep moving forward in that situation. I feel like that's one of my favorite rappers is Nipsey Hussle. And he always talks about a marathon and that in my head, I go back. I think I've seen every one of his interviews on YouTube. I watched them all during prep and it's what kept me going forward, man, is just hearing him talk about all of his trials and tribulations on his, his marathon and moving forward. Um, it made me proud of everything that I had done to keep moving forward, but it also made me want to just keep moving forward even more. Yeah. I think, uh, and I've seen you post about, it's another great example of you just sharing like your inspirations and the things that you're really into is I've seen you post about him a ton. I know he's really inspired you and, um, you know, you, you talk a lot about the same, the same things that he really, you know, the philosophies that he lived by and, and how much they kind of resonated with you. So it's a great point. You know, you could have just been like, all right, this is the hand that I was dealt. This is, you know, I'm just going to go get a job, drop out of high school. Like you could have done all of those things. And I'm sure you probably knew, th knew people that did similar things to that. You know what I mean? Like, and you didn't, you chose to press on, you chose to continue. And, and now you look back and you, you talked about one of the very first things that you said whenever I brought up your son is like how thankful you are for him and how he's molded you into the man you are today. Right. And so that's yeah, a good man. example in reverse and being like, this is why that happened. And, and this is, this is what, what that did for me. I feel like a big key of that too is, and I don't want to go without saying that in case they ever listen to this, but uh, my circle at the time for sure early on was my mom and my grandma or like my granny as everyone knows or dude, like those people, um, my grandma, a always told me to be a leader. And that's what I feel like. I might not be the most vocal guy, but in my entire life, that's, that's what I aim to do is just lead by example. Um, and then also she told me never let anyone define you. Um, and so to me, I could have very easily let everyone define me as a, a statistic at that point. Um, yeah. There's been several times I could let anyone define me as anything, but yeah, just, just not letting, not falling victim or, or playing the victim in any, any of those aspects of life. Dude, you can always, you can always, change the trajectory of your life as long as you come up with a plan and just do the work needed to get there. Absolutely. All right, man, what's next for you? Dude, for me, um, uh, the, the goal is to get my IFBB pro card and develop as a coach for sure. Um, I, there's a big show I want to do here in Oklahoma, uh, a big old minus to win Mr. Oklahoma. Um, I don't know if I'll be, ready to do that this coming year in 24 but i'm not opposed to taking the time off it's kind of hard to find the balance of being a bodybuilder and a coach and i think that's why like i mean i guess you can be both and be really good at it but you see a lot of people once they get the pro card or whatever they just lean heavily into coaching it's kind of hard to do both um and i'm starting to experience that too it's like as a coach to scale your business, it comes with a lot of late nights and sacrificed meals or time and things. Yeah. And then as a bodybuilder, those are all the things that on your check-in sheet, you got to check the box on. So yep. um, I think my first goal is 
is is for sure to uh to grow my business scale it and, and move primarily online um and then get my pro card whenever the time is right for that that's awesome i have no doubt you'll do it i've you know you've continued to skyrocket in your physique and your training and and even in your business and so it's i have no doubt you're going to accomplish all those things man last question that i'm asking every single guest is what are you, Chad Mathis, going to accomplish by any means necessary? Dang, man. Um, dude, I think. Man, that's a tough one, dude. By any means necessary, man. I feel like for sure. Dang, dude, this is tough, man. <laughs> that's why man. I ask it. Yeah, dude. Uh, dang. I feel like getting my pro card is something way too too easy, man. Um, yeah. As far as like something that I could to to hit by any means necessary, but um, yeah. I think by any means necessary, I'm going to become an elite level coach for sure, and be able to put put clients on stage at a, a very high level. Um, that's something that I've been taking extremely serious lately uh, with my own education wise in the background as far as doing mentorships and and doing things like the j3 university and stuff that you and i've talked a lot about yep. um, but for sure that's that's what i plan to do by any means necessary is become an elite level coach that's awesome man well i already consider you that so i think that's a good i think that's a good one for you <laughs> yeah. um but man yeah. it's been an absolute joy just to catch up with you and i know we don't talk near enough um but you're you're always my first person to share things with on Instagram. First person to to text when things are things are popping or something, and it's a, uh, it's just it's super fun to catch up with you in this format and to be able to even just share more of your story because I think the the world needs to hear it and I think people, um, I think people can really resonate with a lot of the things that you're about and what you're doing and what you're trying to do and and all that you, you kind of got going on, man. So it's been a pleasure and Dude. I appreciate you hopping on here. Likewise, man. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I'm looking forward to doing a lot more of these with you and just watching you grow in general. This is going to be big for you, man. I'm excited to see it. Absolutely. I appreciate you. If you made it this far, thank you so much for watching this episode of the BAMcast. As always, if you're looking to get involved or pick something up or support any of my businesses in any way, you can find the links below in the description. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure that you subscribe. If you're listening to it on an audio platform, make sure that you liked or followed the show and left a review. It'll help us to reach more people. If you're looking to get involved with my guest for today's episode, Chad Mathis, you can find all of his links down below as well, as well as his links to coaching so that you can get involved with him on that level. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you in the next one.